Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I discussed the Chiefs draft picks. Uh, Joe, so what was, what was your take? Now that you're, I know you've got the, a lot of energy. You're just chomping down some chocolate, so this is going to yeah. be a good pod. Now that you've got this dose of uh, sugar rushing through you, coursing through you, what, what, take us through what your thoughts about the Chiefs uh, draft. Well, I think, well, Jeff, you know, one thing is I'm, I'm, I'm in the kitchen reaching for that chocolate, right, uh, <laughs> after, after finishing a little lunch. And, um, I'm, you know, we have this little kitchen television, and ESPN is always on. And, you know, as people in our house go by the TV, they're always watching to see what's going on in the world of sports because it's big in our house, obviously. Um, it's funny because they were already doing – the 2022 draft uh, <laughs> prospects. I'm like, oh my god, guys! We just got over. It's May 5th. We just had the draft, and they're already looking towards the 2022 draft, which is just insane, right? How this game just keeps going. So I just thought that was an interesting way to open the pod. Um, but you know, Jeff, what my thought on the draft is, you know, one of the things that I have been seeing. Speaking of, you know, sports talk shows and ESPN and all the different media outlets that, you know, covered the draft, you know, everybody wants to grade a team's draft. They want to give them a letter grade. Oh, the, you know, Eagles were a B plus. This team was a C. This team was a D. This team was an F. This team was an A. And, you know, it's, it's, you have to look at the draft holistically, right? I mean, because over time, you know, players are going to make an impact at certain positions. They're going to make an impact later in their careers. There's a little bit of a gamble in there, right? Because every year the pundits always like to bring up the draft busts and Mm -hmm. who was the biggest first round draft bust or the first overall pick that was a draft bust. So, you know, it's an investment. It's a gamble. It's a, it's a, it's a stock market play, (laughs) you know, when you're trying to pick the right stock and you're trying to pick the right player, that's going to make a fit into your team and the chemistry and whether they stay healthy. So I I, got to give the chiefs overall, when you look at how they made this draft fit with what they did in the off season, I'm giving them an A because it's a common, it's not just the players that they drafted. It's, you know, obviously any team that finishes in the top 10 in the league is always challenged because you're losing out on those top 20 picks, right? Unless you can find some magical way to trade up, um, you know, in the first round, if you're a great team and you've historically been a great team, you know, over the years, that's why they, that's why they have the, the, the worst teams go first is to try to create that parity, right? So that the worst teams year over year get to pick the better players and the better teams get to pick the least, you know, attractive players. Not that somebody who's picked in the first round at the bottom of the first round isn't going to be a great player. 
So I'm giving the Chiefs a big A on this one. And, and I'm giving them that because I'm looking at this draft and what Brett Beach, obviously Andy Reid, I'm sure has a big hand in it. You know, all the coaches, all the scouts, all the people involved in it. I'm giving the Chiefs a big fat A. And I would hold, you know, and I would go to the hill uh, on, on that comment because I think we're going to see some great things come out of the players that they picked. I think they've got a couple of steals hidden in these six picks that um, I don't think, you know, uh, people really, you know, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have seen. And I love that they there there was a, it was about character, and there's some real good stories in this draft. Um, and some statistics and some potential. The Chiefs are not just looking at what somebody's going to do today. They're looking at their growth. And we can go through that as we go through pick by pick. But that's, that's my thoughts on it, Jeff. That's, that's how I feel about the draft. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I think they put a lot of great pieces of the puzzle together. And factoring into that, a grade, you know, you've got to take um, the Orlando Brown trade into account. I mean, that's again, exactly that's better, better, he's better than you're going to – almost assuredly he's better than you're going to get at 31st overall to get a pro bowl player. Um, it, yeah. That's, that's why you have to, you have to look at it holistically, Jeff. You can't just look at it pick by pick. You got to look at the way they use the draft as a tool and it's one tool, free agency, who you sign, who you keep, who you work out during the off season, who you draft. It's a big, it's a big picture to winning the Super Bowl. It's not just about the draft. Totally. And we're going to dive into the specifics of the players who were drafted. But first, a word from our sponsor. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action and also a great way to have place bets on who was going to get selected in the NFL draft. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Joe, I want to start with the, the two second round picks um, the Chiefs had, but start with their second pick. I'm really curious just for your lineman expertise on Creed Humphrey. Uh, one of the things that dawned on me too, first of all, I love the pick, but I'm to me like – Creed Humphrey, I always thought even in this day and age uh, when you have everybody is so massive, you have so many 300-pounders, I always thought that centers were a little, usually a little bit smaller and, um, you know, because they could be a little bit more, more mobile and pull and all those things. Joe, he's 6'5", 320. And here, here's, here's where Creed Humphrey sets himself apart, Jeff. He was a wrestler. And, I and that. I think, I, I think yeah. that makes up for a lot of his um, size, believe it or not. Well, that's a really weird comment. How do you make up for size <laughs> to, to play a position like center or guard at six, five, three twenty, right? You've got to have body leverage, right? You've got to be able to get low because, you know, me being six, five, I was a high player, you know, and it was part of my, part of my problem and, and also, you know, part of the thing I think that, you know, I, I was able to compensate with in college because I was playing in the Ivy League and, you know, I wasn't playing against, you know, competition week in and week out, you know, SEC type, you know, Big 12 competition. Um, so I was – and I, I, I was hard for me to break those habits because I was a basketball player. Mm -hmm. and, and when I played center, 
one of my, you know, struggle, one of, one of my positives at, at center was my hand speed. I, I, I have good hand speed. I boxed through my youth. Um, so I was able to use my hands in a way that I could overcompensate for the fact that I'm a hot, what I would call a high player, meaning my bend and my legs. I have a really long torso, but I played basketball and you're, you know, when you play basketball, yeah, you squat down to cover and play defense. But you know, when you play center, in high school and basketball, you know, you, you tend to just be tall, right? Yeah, and it's all about being high. It's not versus football yeah. and wrestling. It's all about the low man. Basketball yeah. is certainly all about the high man getting to the goal. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, I think I think what helps Creed is the fact that he wrestled. He was a standout wrestler. He wasn't just somebody who participated in wrestling. Mm-hmm. He was a really, really, really good wrestler. And I think that it factors into his unbelievable ability to pass protect. I mean, I, I saw some stats. He was involved in like almost 1,300, 1,297 pass blocking snaps in his three seasons, 28 QB pressures. How many sacks? Zero. Big goose egg of sacks. He never allowed a sack in three seasons. That's insane. You know, who, if, I'm, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, who do I want blocking up the middle of my line who's not going to get in my face and going to allow me to see – the Tyreek Hills and the Travis Kelseys and the Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming out of the backfield, I'm going to want Creed Humphrey, right? No sacks, three years, playing in a real football division, right? Playing at Oklahoma. So I, I'm, 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 I think it was a great pick. It, it, it makes me think he, he's, he really does, and I know we're going to maybe talk about this a little bit later because there was some great news on, on our great friend uh, Tim Grunhard, you know, going into the Chiefs Hall of Fame this week for, you know, this fall's inductee. He does remind me of a little bit of a taller grunny. That's well, yeah, geez. If they could get a second coming of uh, Grunhard, that would be, man, that would be something. Uh, while we're on the topic of offense linemen here, they obviously, they kind of began the draft uh, with, especially if, again, you include Orlando Brown with a couple of Oklahoma Sooners in offensive line. They had Nick Bolton go in the second round before Humphrey, but then ended also the draft, their last pick, which was in the sixth round, Trey Smith, who is an interesting guy. Um, Joe, I think it's all about the health with him. He had blood clot yeah. issues for a couple of years uh, early in college before uh, starting a lot of games uh, for Tennessee and being a very good Office lineman in the SEC. Joe, what do you think about him? Uh, have you seen any film on him, or or more thoughts also on Humphrey? Well, I think I th- I think, and, and a lot of the pundits are are saying this uh, as well. And our good friend Matt Derrick, right, who who has joined us uh, many times on our on our pod. I mean, I th- I think, and I have to agree with with Matt Derrick's uh, comments. I, I think he is the steal of the entire draft. When you factor in where we got him, like there's going to be a fourth rounder that, you know, goes to the Pro Bowl next year, right? That somebody picked. I mean, we know that there's always going to be. But when you look at where they got him, you know, what they're going to get, you know, have to pay him and, or not pay him considering he was, you know, a, such a late round pick. I, I really do think that he is um, – I think he is the steal. And, and, and again, I want to keep touching on that locker room stuff, Jeff. He is – he was the collegiate man of the year, right? I mean, this is this is this is a kid, young man. Shouldn't even say kid. These are these are young men, who you know he's come overcome so much adversity. He he's he's just a great person. 
Um, you know, Jason Witten, who, you know, kind of uh, sponsors that Collegiate Man of the Year award, had a lot of great things to say about him. You know that they're going to do their due diligence for an award like that. You know, um, it just, I mean, you know, who wouldn't want to have that, as a, especially in the late round, who wouldn't want to have somebody like that coming into a locker room and battling for a position? Uh, and, and look, the health thing, these teams do their homework, Jeff. They don't, they don't even they don't waste picks. Let's put it that way. Even there are no throwaway picks anymore in the draft. You know, you only have seven rounds, right? So you've got to be you've got to be really diligent with all of your picks, and you know that they put him through the physical ringer, and they feel comfortable that he's going to be able to to play and be able to perform. So I, I think I think from that perspective, he he will be. We'll find out real soon, right? About the time that he gets on the field and when he's able to get onto the field. Um, is that he, I think he's going to he he is going to be the steal of the draft, and and I agree with Matt Derrick on that. What's well, interesting, Joe, and this is this is certainly a good problem to have. So the Chiefs the Chiefs have added eight new offensive linemen uh, who didn't play last year, and that, that's counting Lucas Niang and Laurent Duvernay Tardif who opted out because of COVID. Um, but that's that's eight people that includes um, these two draft picks and also Orlando Brown. And then, you know, they had some guys they re-signed. Remmers, who was with the team, Andrew Wiley. So you're looking at this, Joe, and again, this is a good problem to have, especially in a 17-game season that we're going to have for the first time in the NFL. But, Joe, like, how many linemen actually suit up on, on Sunday? I mean, I, I think the Chiefs are actually maybe going to have some – to have to cut some really good people that will land someplace else, or maybe they're on the practice squad with – uh, those regulations having changed this year. Uh, it's, Joe, it's crazy the amount of depth they have. Yeah, considering what happened last year, Jeff, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, the NFL with the 53-man roster, when they went to the 53-man roster years ago, most teams, most teams will carry eight with either one or two practice squad linemen, right, that will do a lot of the defensive reps, right? So your 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 three backups – Plus, you know, you got your five starters, and then you'll have your three backups. If you keep eight on the roster, you'll have your three backups, and then usually two, two guys on the practice squad will make your five that will run your scout team. That's generally how it works. You don't, you never want a starter running scout team, right? Because it's just too many bad things can happen, right? Um, so, so you, you know, no less than eight they're going to keep. Probably if you keep eight, you're going to have two on the practice squad. If you keep nine on the active roster on the 53, you might keep one practice squad offensive lineman. Now, granted, last year was a, an anomaly because, you know, you had that all these crazy rules mm -hmm. about the practice squad and how many players you could have. And, you know, they, they were able to have a lot more because of COVID and everything. But let's let's talk. Let's assume that the NFL is going back to Trent traditional rostering and having, you know, 53 man roster with, you know, X amount of practice squad players. I would see from the talent they have on this team and considering what happened to them in the Super Bowl, I would not be surprised if Brett Beach and Andy Reid decide to keep nine on the active roster with one or maybe even two practice squad players, because look, it's become painfully obvious. They do not want to happen this year what happened last year right let's uh, let's 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 get all that out on the table they do not want that to happen again and i'm telling you this is a this is a deep 
I, I mean, God, I, 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 I might have to try to make it out to, to training camp to see the competition that's going to be happening up front on the line and what this, you know, what Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid are going to have to pick from to, when they open up the season with the, with the five that they want. They may even use a rotation. Totally. You know, I mean, they, they, may, they may get to the point where they have one of these players that they need to get on the field and they may open up with a, a rotation. I've seen that before. You know, I've seen that before where you have somebody, maybe you have, I'm going to putting air quotes up, right? You may have six starters, even though you only have five positions and that, and that extra person, extra player rotates through, gives guys a break during the game. I can see them doing a lot with the talent that they have. And I mean, I'd put this, I'd put this line up from player one through 10 that they have right now on this roster. I'd put any of them up this lineup against any team's offensive line. Uh, no doubt. Totally. And I, I agree, Joe, that I, I think they're going to suit up around nine guys more, more than usual, just because they have such great depth. And otherwise, if you don't, you know, we're not even talking about guys like Nick Allegretti, who's not part of the eight new people. You can't let a guy like that loose. He's going to end up starting someplace in the AFC West. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. protecting Mahomes is not only important for what we saw in the, in the Super Bowl, but uh, don't forget, like, he also, you know, in – he in the playoff game, two games before that, he got the concussion against Cleveland. Even the year before, he hurt his ankle and it kind of affected him uh, the first part of the season before before he then hurt his knee on something that wasn't at all related to, you know, quarterback pressure, whatever. So, gotta protect their best uh, asset. And we're going to break down some of the other picks, uh, but first, I wanted to talk about how it's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So use the exclusive code KananCast15 at Canon.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's Kanan Cast 15, K A E N O N C A S T 1 5. Kanan, clearly better. Uh, Joe, for the first pick that they had in the draft, they drafted Nick Bolton on Missouri. Really like this pick. He's a little small, but he's a big time hitter. Um, and I, I like the fact that, certainly, as we said, the, the big needed offensive line more than short up, as we discussed. After that, I really thought that linebacker might be there. They, they just needed bodies. After Damian uh, Wilson left, they really just had Hitchens, who's getting older and is approaching contact year. So that was both a need and also a guy that some projected maybe in the late first, early second. Uh, so good value there. I really like that pick. Joe, what did you think of him and, and some of the other picks that you might want to talk about? Well, I mean, just from an overall uh you know, grade perspective, he's super high graded, right? By the, by all the draft pundits, all the NFL scouting, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, programs that are out there, you know, super, super, um, you know, SEC, of course, Mizzou, you know, so local from a local college, which is great. It's a, it's a nice tie in there. Um, not that, you know, if the best player wasn't at the university of Hawaii, you, you, you want to go there, yeah. but it, it, but it is nice to have that, you know, that Mizzou keeping it in, 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 in the state type of thing. And, and I think that's going to be really cool. 
um, you know, that he's going to be bringing that kind of energy uh, and staying within the state of Missouri. And, and I think that's really awesome. I think he's, he's, he, he, what he does in games, you know, he, he sets the tone. And I think that's what I saw from him, um, you know, watching him play and his highlights and everything. He, he, he just, he just, he just sets the tone for the way the defense plays. Um, un- again, character, right? Young, mi- young man, incredible battles in his life, sister and mother battling cancer in recent years. Um, personal life, you know, not becoming a drag on his, on his college or football career. And, and he weaved those two things together to make him the man that he is. Right. And, th- and that adversity, you know, made him stronger in probably in every aspect of his life, being the football player he was and the kind of team that he was surrounded with made him, you know, a better brother and son to his family who, you know, battled that had their own physical and health battles. Right. And then vice versa. You go through those things with your family and your family wants the best for you at the same time. And it's just like, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm like tearing up here thinking about a kid like that. You know, I can call them kids because I'm getting old, but, you know, a young man like that, just bringing that, right, that resiliency. And, you know, how do you not want that young man in your locker room, right? When you, when you roll it all together, because just like Carl Peterson told me at the combine, you know, 30 years ago, right, right before I was drafted, he said, Joe, anybody can everybody who comes to the combine can tackle and run and block and throw and long snap and do all those things right the chiefs at that time and even today want people who are going to do the right thing when no one's watching and and how do you how do you not you know know that you're getting that you know with, with you know with a nick bolton so I, I'm 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 kind of welling up thinking about his personal life and what he's gone through and what he does and I, I think again he's another steal in the draft to get him in the second round. Um, you know, you're right. He easily, easily could have been an, an early first round pick, but Hey, I'm thankful that the chiefs were, he was still there when it, when it came time from the pick him. You know, uh, back to the, the other pick that we really liked, uh, uh, Creed Humphrey. And I actually expect Creed Humphrey. I, he's got so much experience. I, I think he's going to be the starter at center from day one. Uh, Austin Blythe, was a really smart signing, but he actually can play guard too. And, you know, Blythe was signed to a one-year deal, less than a million, 990000 uh, for for the year. So, you know, that's actually a pretty affordable contract for even just like a kind of versatile swing guy. And I, I really see Humphrey as a starter. Joe, you compared him to Tim Grunhard, the guy you played against, was just – inducted into the Chiefs Hall of Fame. What an honor. Joe, your reaction when you, you found that out that he was uh, the Chiefs Hall of Famer this this year. Uh, you know, honor to have been, you know, mentored and 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 a teammate of Tim. You know, as a mentor, somebody, you know, he was in his second year at, when I got to the Chiefs in 1991. He was a second round pick like Creed Humphrey. Uh, you know, like, like Joe Valerio. Yeah, and, you know, it's, Tim We we Tim, also neglected to mention this was the 30th anniversary of, of, of you getting picked 
Um, 30 years, Jeff, my God, it's like, uh, it's, it seems like yesterday. And, and I, I mentioned last on our last pod, I have a great friend named Brett Kleckner, who, I, who I've known for many, many years. Uh, we, we started working together in the insurance industry. Uh, when, when, when we, we started working together, I think it was 2007, um, late 2006, early 2007. And ever since, you know, it just created, he played football at University of Delaware, another division one double A school local here in the Philadelphia area, close to Penn where I went. And we're same, we graduated from the same year in high school, same year in college. And like every draft, as soon as the 50th pick is drafted, like the moment that, you know, Roger Goodell or back in the old, you know, the old days, Paul Tagliabue before Roger Goodell would announce the 50th player, he'd always send me a text. And with the 50th pick in the NFL draft, the blah, 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 select, you know, you know who. And, and he would always list the 50th person that they pick. And, and, and that's a tradition that's been going on now for, my God, since 2007. So it's like 14 years he's been sending that to me. Um, but yeah, so, so 30 years later, 31 years after Tim Grunhard, I couldn't be more thrilled for Tim. I think it's so earned. You know, he, he was at the core of that rebuild, you know, in the 90s, right? I mean, he, he, he took over for Mike Webster, legend, you know, who had come to the Chiefs and, and finished his career, became a starter very, very early on, brought all of that intensity, you know, and just toughness to the position of center, um, was a grind it bring your lunch pail to work every day player, never look for the glory. Um, you know, just, it's just one of those players that, you know, I think if, if you're an offensive line coach, if you're an offensive line fan, he's just one of those players, you know, from like, you know, go, we'll go back to the old school, all Madden team types, right? He was just an all Madden type player, you know, who, who never looked for the glory and just was a, was a grinder and, um, you know, had a fantastic career all with the chiefs, you know, took through, you know, went from smash mouth, Marty ball transition into the West coast, made that seamless approach, went into the Dick Vermeil era, Gunther Cunningham, you know, just, just a, just top shelf, you know, just top shelf. I'm, I'm really, really excited for him and is well, well, well deserved. Uh, by the way, the 50th overall pick back, back to your, be the anniversary of your draft. Um, the 50th overall pick this year was by the Giants, the edge rusher Aziz Ojolari. A very good prospect, Joe. That tells you how big – I mean, this is a guy that many ha- had projected in the first round, may end up starting for the Giants uh, from day one. So that, that tells you, listeners, kind of what an accomplishment being drafted 50th overall or even the second round like uh, Tim or Joe is. Uh, but, but back to Tim for a little bit. Joe, do you have a favorite uh, Grunhard story you could share with us? Oh my God, I they, they, there are so many memories of of playing with him. One of my favorites, though, is for the six years that we got to be friends, and and well, we're still friends, but that we got to play together and and be together. Tim never let me forget something that I didn't say. So let me, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. He never let me forget something I never actually said. And, (laughs) and, 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 and and so what happened was Jeff. So during the draft or the mini camp weekend, right? The first weekend. So, you know, we go out, we go out to Kansas city uh, after week after the draft and we have our first mini camp when rookies are allowed to be there. 
And so we go out and then the PR department would set up like interviews and stuff for us and whatnot, you know, based on the draft picks. Now, again, totally different era back then was without social media and the number of media outlets that there are, you know, um, that there are today. Right. Because, you know, that's just kind of the media takeover that's happened over the last decade. So one of the one of the big, big events was going on the Conrad Dobler show at Lynn Dickey's sports bar in Westport. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm dating myself. I'm bringing, hopefully bringing back a lot of memories to some of our listeners who actually remember that time in Westport's history when, when Conrad Dobler used to broadcast live from Lynn Dickey's right in Westport. So we go there and, you know, Conrad's of course, we we hit it off right away. Offensive line to offensive line, you know, Mm -hmm. we're talking about that. He's like all excited. And he says, you know, Joe, you come out, you come here from, you know, the University of Pennsylvania, and he kind of made a joke, you know, not Penn State, you know, and he was kind of asking me about whether or not he thought how easy or hard it was going to be for me to make the transition from the Ivy League into the NFL. And and I was very, you know, honest with him that, you know, this is going to be tough transition. You know, I did not play against the competition that my counterparts that were drafted you know, that particular draft that had played against who went to Penn State, Alabama, and Notre Dame. And I said, here's what I did say. Now this, I wish I could go back and have this recording somewhere, Jeff. I said, well, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm going to be able to learn and play against the players from Notre Dame and Penn State based on the coaching that I will get in the NFL. And I said, in time, just be patient. I'll be able to to compete against players from Penn state and Notre Dame on a regular basis because I have to. So Tim, every time I would see him, he'd say, Oh, I heard you on Conrad Dobler's show. And I heard, I heard you tell them that, uh, uh, that Penn could beat Penn state and Notre Dame in a football game. And I was like, Tim, I never said that. He said, yeah. and, And then you also said that, you know, you know, Penn was, you know, better football than Notre Dame and Penn State, and that you would, you know, you'd you'd kick the butt of anybody from Penn State or Notre Dame. Now, of course, he was pulling the Penn State thing in because of Dave Zott, right? So, oh, so, so, get, so now it's two against so one. So now it's yeah. two on one. And I'm telling you, Jeff, this went on for years. And, like, even to this day when I'll see Tim, it always comes up. We'll say, yeah, remember that time on Conrad Dober's show you told everybody that, you know, Penn, the Penn Quakers could beat Notre Dame in a football game? And I just, like, I, just, I have to laugh because, like, Tim, come on, bud. Like, this – what are you kidding me? But it was just, like, this little inside joke that we had. Um, and, uh, and, and, and Tim was just, you know, he was, and he, and his wife, Sarah, and watching their kids grow up and all the great things that they're doing. And his son, you know, that's going to be coming on to KU, right. Doing that, that master's year, we'll call it now that you can do, um, once you, once you transition out, um, of your undergrad, um, just excited. I'm excited for Tim. He's had such a great run, you know, coaching football, both at the high school and college level. He's given everything to the game and I'm just glad that the game, and the Chiefs organization giving this back to him because uh, he deserves it. He earned it, more importantly. This is a great story and well said, Joe. Well, if you enjoyed this show, which is presented by Bet Online, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.